0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This message is sponsored by Amazon. I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of
1: my grandbabies, making Sunday dinner with a house full of family and
0: lots of laughs.
1: COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel. But now there are vaccines. It's okay to have questions. Now get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. For Liverpool fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Liverpool videos and podcasts. Download the Cop app for free now on the App Store and Google Play.
2: everybody and, and welcome to the Cop Table podcast where tonight we are going to be discussing the end of the Premier League season and uh, what it entails for all the clubs obviously including uh, our team Liverpool. So tonight as usual with me we have uh, Jay Riley, you can get Jay on the Radio City Fan Friday talk show regular with us on the Cop Table now. So uh, welcome back on Jay, how are you?
1: Yeah, hello Peter, hello Paul um, Just a little bit down, to be honest But you know, the world's it's all a bit crazy in the world at the moment And you know, just missing the football so much But you know, let's see what happens now Because there's meant to be a meeting, isn't he, next week And I think a lot more will be revealed then
2: Yeah, we shall uh, We shall see what, what goes on there And also uh, joining us tonight, special guest for us We've got Paul Joyce Paul Joyce is uh, chief journalist for football reporter for the Times, and we've been trying to get Paul on for a long time now. And uh, finally, we've we've got him on the show with us. So very pleased to have you on with us, Paul. How are you, mate?
0: Yeah, not bad. Thank you. Sorry, I've had to cancel before, but yeah, let's uh, let's have a chat on this now and see what see where we get to.
2: Yeah, that's not a problem, Paul. Obviously understandable. They're very busy uh, with your job and and everything then with that that it entails. So yeah, starting off with yourself, Paul, me and Jay, we we recorded a podcast last week regarding the, the ending of the the Premier League season and, and how we envisage it to be possibly ending. And there's been all sorts of different journalists coming out with, with different views. And we've had the Karen Brady situation saying she should be, she thinks that it should be null and void, but obviously, um, there's a lot of different scenarios but we'd just like to ask you what's your personal opinion on on how do we get this Premier League season finished and, and, and where does it go from here
0: well I think the first thing to say is that I think the season should be played to a conclusion and, and that's not um, just from any sort of Liverpool perspective I just think that's the, um, the right thing to do the for the integrity of the competition. You have to finish this season before the next one begins. I still think that's the Premier League's preferred option. That that's what they would do, not least because that's the most straightforward um, or less contentious option for them. Uh, I think there's a meeting, as Jay said before. There's a meeting at the end of next week. I think it possibly Friday when um, the clubs are going to speak again. But to be honest. I wouldn't expect anything other than maybe the, the April thirtieth date to be deferred a little bit more. Um because you see what's going on at the moment and you know, football's trying to trying to anticipate what is going on, but the only, but the virus is setting the timeline at the moment. You can see with the scale of the, you know, the the deaths rising in England and the, what's happening in Italy that um I personally think it's going to be a good while before we see we see any football again. Um, as I say, I think that the, the, the will is the commitment is there to to try and finish the season. I know there's been some stories today about clubs, you know, wanting it null and voided, and but I think what we've got to remember is it's only two weeks ago that the that the season was suspended. And it feels like an eternity these two weeks but we've only really missed two games and what what would have happened tonight was England would due to play Italy i think so i think that the leagues have taken a sensible approach and that they're trying to give themselves as much time as possible to make this to, to make a decision but ultimately this, the decision is to a large extent out of their hands it's been defined by you know what the other factors. But to null and void the league would would create a load of legal problems for the Premier League in the same way that ending the season now would create a load of legal problems for the Premier League because if you're Aston Villa and Bournemouth who are in the bottom three at the moment, I would imagine that you would mount a legal challenge to say that we had nine games remaining. We could have got um, X amount of points to get ourselves to safety. You're wrong. What you you're wrong. What you're doing? And similarly with null and void. If we go back, if we expunge all the season and you know go back to um, you know the. That, you know, August the 9th back at the start when when Liverpool played Norwich, and, and you know, forget what's happened since then. Basically, what you what you're saying is, um, and if those places then count for Europe, if that starts up again, the Champions League starts up again, then you are penalising Leicester at the expense of Tottenham, who obviously yeah. were in the top four last season. Um, Rory Smith from the New York Times made a, a good point on a thread today about Norwich are getting another hundred million pound because that's how much you get for staying in the Premier League. Um, if the season gets expunged and it goes back and it's null and voided, you know how how does that affect? Um,
2: West yeah, I read Brom. that article. Well, it is, yeah, is it. Sorry, on his Twitter page, book, wasn't it? And he mentioned yeah, West Brom as well. I think didn't
0: he? Yeah, he mentioned West Brom, and how they're not going mm. to them. R- Rory's very, very good, and um, I thought it was a very yeah. good... It's worthwhile reading that that thread if, if, if yeah, very good if anybody wants to look it up. So the simplest, not the simplest, but the the, the there was a reason why that the club said last week they wanted to commit to. Um, trying to play the season finish and, and that's certainly what the Premier League want because other options bring a, a legal minefield for them.
2: Yeah, you, you've not just got, like like you say, the um, the Premier League either, have you? You, you've also got the, the European FA, Champions yeah. League, a, a League and Europa League yeah. and, and the FA Cup as well, so um, just going to go over to Jay obviously we, we've had a few little chats haven't we with, with the lads in our in our WhatsApp group today Jay and there's been a few queries put out there and now for yourself you're, you are a, a little bit um, threatened shall we say by this and you are a little bit wary of what, what could happen but just listening to what Paul was saying there Jay has that made you feel any better has that made you think that the season will come to, to a conclusion at some point
1: well, I, I don't know, really. I mean, you look at it, its it's all the uncertainty of everything, isn't it, at the moment? Because, you know, it's it, there's no doubt about it. We're not going to see any football for quite a long time. And, you know, where do you draw the line? I mean, it's all them right. yeah. saying they're going to extend the season indefinitely. But there does come a point, doesn't it, where if this escalates out of control, I mean, I think what we've got to look at is my fear is say for instance La Liga or Syria decide that they have to avoid their season, then what happens then? Because I'm I think to be honest with you, the Premier League would just follow suit then. And, you know, what do you do? I mean, look, we're looking at it from the point of view of being a Liverpool fan. We've waited thirty years for this moment to be crowned champions again. And, you know, obviously I've been a season ticker older for twenty-seven years of them 30 years and It'd be a dagger in my heart. I mean, it's not like it's even close, is it? Let's be honest, with 25 <laughs> points clear. I mean, it was there's, there's so deep into a season, only someone who's got a, an axe to grind against Liverpool would want this season voided. I mean, yeah, of yeah. course, there's more important things in life people's health, and you know, people are dying, and, it, and it's a horrible situation. Oh. But this is why I always say, isn't it? I mean if this this could only happen to Liverpool at this moment in time, what's going on now? It could only happen to Liverpool. And that's why I get the sense of, I feel like we're, we're cursed almost because I know people might think that's a bit extreme, but, you know, we've waited such a long time for this moment and, you know, all of a sudden now when we're on, you know, we're in touching distance of getting this Premier League trophy and then all of a sudden a worldwide pandemic happens and it sort of like you know sets us back so much that we're now fearing that the season might not be completed and of course we've had conversations about this for for the new you know weeks and weeks having me doing various podcasts and what have you and you know people are saying the only fair sensible way is to complete the season and that is true but you know the facts of the matter are it, it it there's no guarantees it's going to happen. Now look, there's there's a lot of money involved. There's neither the financial implications of it all and the ramifications of you know certain clubs. How are they going to get by? And you've got to look and think what what do they do with the European positions for next season? Do they turn yeah. around and say hmm. okay, will we start all over again from last season? So that's not fair, is it? On the likes of Leicester City, we've had a fantastic yeah, yeah. season. They're guaranteed, in my opinion, they're going to be a Champions League team next season if this season plays out, as it should do. And and who are going to benefit from that? Tottenham Hotspur. And they've got no right to benefit from that. That's not fair, is it? You know, financially, it's not fair. Integrity overall, it's not fair. Um, You know, you've got to also consider, like, Sheffield United have had a fantastic season. They'd probably be happy with just being in the Europa League, but they're still not out of the without a possibility of getting into the top four. You don't know what's going to happen with City. So if they come fifth, they potentially could be a Champions League team as well next season. Imagine the amount of money that that would generate for a club like Sheffield United. Um, you've also got to consider, hmm. yeah, you've the point that was made there about. Rory Schmidt's article about um, Norwich City getting £100 million. That's not fair, is it? Norwich City, they're probably destined to go down this season and they're going to benefit to the tune of, what, £100 million for staying in the Premier League by default. Um, Like to Leeds United, it's took them, what, 15, 16 years being fighting to get promotion. All of a sudden they're on the verge of getting back into the big time, into the Premier League, and then all of a sudden this happens no, it's not fair on them. Uh, West Bromwich Albion as well. You've got to consider they've been down for a few seasons now. You've got all the parachute payments are about to stop for them. So it's important for them to get back into the Premier League. So so it's not fair yeah. on a club like that. People go on about the playoff game at Wembley. It's the it's yeah. the biggest, most richest game in, in football, even more so than the Champions League final. So the likes of Nottingham Forest and Fulham and Derby County and all them teams who are vying for promotion, Brentford even who haven't been in the Premier League, you know they're going to miss out on potentially the richest game in football. You go further down the pyramids, you're looking at you're looking at the likes of Coventry who, who nearly went bust, they had to vacate the stadium, didn't they and play their matches this season at Saint Andrews at Birmingham's grounds. They're top of the, the League One. I was a fair on them. So it, it's not just about Liverpool. I mean. Yeah, we are a bit selfish looking after number one. Our main interest is Liverpool becoming champions and to be robbed at that moment, it'd be really difficult to take. And I've said, I've said it numerous times in tweets, haven't I, and in our WhatsApp group and to, to various people, I, I I think I'd be done with the game. I genuinely would. I, I, it's too emotionally draining for me You know, to come so close. It's not even like, we've got any challenges. Liverpool are going to be champions this season without a shadow of a doubt. And the only thing that's stopping us is this coronavirus and whatever decisions are made. And, you know, for the integrity of the game, the season has to continue. But, you know, if we if we get to May and we get to June and there's no football played, you know, what, what happens? I mean, people seem to have this obsession with starting a new season. Oh, we can't carry on the season because what happens when the new season's about to start in August? How can you think about a new season when this season not completed? Makes no sense to me. And like I said before, all the money that's involved, you know, surely to God, these football clubs can't afford to be paying the money back because a lot of them run their business on being able to play the pay the players' wages and stuff in the contracts. So I just don't know how it'd work, how it'd pan out. And we've heard all the talk of lawsuits and it's it's off the scale, isn't it? So it's a massive conundrum to be to, to be solved really not just by you know the FA and, and the Premier League and it's 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 a massive massive thing isn't it really and and like I say my fear is that if the other leagues across the world and, and in particular in Europe the likes of Italy and Spain and Germany the Bundesliga and what have you if they do eventually decide to avoid their seasons and their leagues then I just think the Premier League would follow suit now look At the end of the day, people are going on saying, well, why can't he just end the season as it is now and what the positions remain as they are? The only problem with that is certain teams have got games in hand. I mean, Aston Villa are in the relegation zone. but They've got a game in hand. If they win that game in hand, then they go out of the relegation zone. So, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. And the uncertainty of it all is creating a little bit of anxiety. And, you know, you hear people saying, well, look, you know, let's move on from it and there's, there's worse things going on in the world and I get that, I really do. But football is massively important to people's lives and like I say, it, it it is stressful because, you know, this isn't close. Liverpool really should be champions this season and, you know, there's no guarantees of it now purely and simply because of this coronavirus and it's very frustrating and it changes daily. I mean, you, you read articles where it looks positive and you think to yourself, yeah, they're going to play this season out no matter what then. That you know, obviously, we have seen it today, didn't we? That the, the article about certain chief executives of certain football clubs actually want the season cancelled now, voided. Things are changing daily and weekly, and you know, some more clarification wouldn't go amiss, really. But I know it's really difficult, but it's worrying times, isn't it?
2: Yeah, most definitely, Jay, and it's, it's one of them where, you, like you say, it's, it's things are changing on, on a daily basis and, and you need to keep up with um up to speed with what's, what's happening. But um, just a couple of people in the chat room there, there's one question for you, Paul, and um, someone suggests, I think it's, his name's Avo, Avo3, and he says, what if we bring uh, the new season in line with the Qatari World Cup, which starts obviously next December, which he, he means that we'd have to start the next season in January. So obviously that gives scope for this season to be extended even further um, into the year, if you like, and to bring it in line with with that World Cup. Is that something you think that the Premier League and and the people involved would um, would give thought well, to?
0: I, th- I think there's going to have to be a rearranging of the calendar moving forward because the impact of this. Is going to be on. Is going to go beyond. Sort of probably August, really. So, yeah, the, the,
2: the,
0: there is there is going to be some lasting impact moving forward. Basically, what they've done is, is by bringing in this April the thirteenth thirtieth date, which will probably get ripped up at the end of a week today when they have the next meeting. They're just buying themselves time because, as Jay said, then. Everything's moving. Everything is changing so often that, and nobody has been in this situation before. That they've just bought them. They're trying to buy themselves a bit, a bit of thinking time, and what the best way is forward.
2: We're yeah. all
0: wanting, or, or people in the media and, and fans are wanting um, sort of immediate answers, but there isn't. There isn't going to be any. Um, I and mean, it's going to be really difficult to, to fill in, you know, to get used to the uncertainty, which is going to last for, you know, more, you know, weeks and weeks to come. Um, I, don't, I, I don't see the, the Premier League making any firm decision for, uh, you know, at least another five, six weeks. I'd be surprised if, if, if in the next five weeks, there's there's a firm. This is the way forward. So everything from that is is on the table. Really, there's all, the problem, The there will be all sorts of things being looked at.
2: It's okay. Cheers, Paul. Yeah, and like we we spoke about yesterday, Jay, there was um, there was a bit of a, a precedent set, wasn't there by the by the I think it was the national league, was it, and and the leagues below and all the grassroots football being being null and void and and stuff like that, but there's, there's been a few um, tweets out from, from some of them clubs, the likes of South Shields, who were on the, the verge of promotion, and they're they're looking at putting in an appeal against the against the FA. But just with them sort of making that decision, did that give you um, another one as if to say, like if these have these have done it, it can happen with the um, with the Premier League as well.
1: It, it did, because there's a precedent set as as you just said there. I mean, if they're doing it, then is that a sign of things to come in, you know, the months ahead if we if we don't get to, to see any more football for, for such a long time and it is a little bit of a concern, but in the lower leagues and the non leagues in general, like that, it, it's the financial implications are totally different really, aren't they? To the Premier League. The Premier League's absolutely astronomical, really, financially. So Hopefully, that's not really much of an indicator. But, as I say, I, I said it before, my main concern is it's if the other top leagues decide to start avoiding them, the likes of Italy, where it's really bad over there, this coronavirus, the amount of people yeah. that have died over there is just it's it's off the scale, really, it's astronomical, and it's very, very worrying and concerning. And you know, if they were to to basically, just cancel their season because they think it's the right thing to do. Then my fear would be that maybe Spain would follow suit because the death tolls really rising over there in Spain as well, isn't it? And you know who knows where this country is going to be in two, three, maybe a month's time. So it is. It is a, a massive concern, and I, I just don't know moving forward though how you'd go about things because. You know, say for instance they did void the season, then what happens with all the European places? I know I touched on it before, but it's not just in this country, is it? It's it's all the other countries as well. And I mean, look at Lazio. Lazio are close to, you know, they're, they're in a three way fight, aren't they, for the, the the Italian title. And you know, when was the last time they won the Italian league? I mean, have they even won it? I'm not even sure they have. But you know, they've had an incredible season. And imagine. It happened to them where you know the season was void, and they went in the Champions League like next season. It's similar situation like Leicester in the Premier League, isn't it? So I just don't, I don't know. I mean, it's a it's an awful situation that we're all in as people anyway, worldwide. But you know, when it comes Mm -hmm. to football, and that's our main love, isn't it? In life, and it's just a horrible, horrible situation to be in. And like I say, all all the uncertainty of everything when you see certain leagues cancelling their season and you no know, grassroots football and the lower the non league stuff and all that. I mean it, it hits everyone deep, doesn't it? And and the fear is, you know, like I say, it could end up going up the pyramids and you'd end up being the EFL doing it and the championship does it and then of course the Premier League. And that is the fear. And as I say, you get people saying, look, it's out of our control, don't worry or stress over it but you do worry about it because it's a massive part of people's lives, and Liverpool means 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 a lot to me, and it means a lot to you and Paul, and you know everyone. Do you know what I mean? Who, who are massive Liverpool fans, and as I say, we've waited such a long time for this moment, and that's the fear I've got. That if if you were a Man City fan or a Man United fan or whatever you know they've been used to winning the league haven't they over the last 10-15 years Liverpool haven't had that moment have they it's like 30 years 3 decades such a long time and like I say no one's ever done to, I mean Man City a few seasons ago won the league with these Liverpool are winning it with even you know even bigger a bigger margin than what they did 2, two or 3 years ago do you know what I mean it's this is incredible what we've witnessed this season from this Liverpool team. And for the season to be to be void would I mean, I worry how, how the, the players would cope with it. I mean, Liverpool recovered unbelievably well from losing in Kiev that final when Carrius was I mean, God only knows what he was doing, but you know, we cost Liverpool our final, make no mistake about that. And how them players recovered, got themselves up off the floor to recover and then go on and win it in Madrid the very next season was quite remarkable. And that's why they got the tag of being mentality monsters, mentality giants. And again, like you look at last season, 97 points to come second, losing only one game. And this season have been absolutely remarkable to, to be you know winning this league at a canter. And then all of a sudden this happens. I mean, I just think it'd be a step too far. I, I worry how the players would recover from it because when you're within touching touch distance of the whole rail as we are, how how would the players recover from that mentally? I just don't know how they'd cope with it. I really don't. And as I say, it's it's really concerning moving forward. You know, we're all it's all about the club, isn't it? At the end of the day, we you know from a selfish point of view. yeah, I've talked about all the other teams that it's going to affect as well. And in my eyes, it's the only fair, sensible way is to conclude the season because it's not fair any other way but like I say from a selfish point of view it's all about Liverpool for me personally and you know if we're robbed of this moment then I don't know how we' recover from it
2: I think yeah,
0: it's a it really interesting so yeah I think it's a really interesting point as to how the players would um react to it because that because as you say the way that they've sort of recovered from setbacks has become one of the the sort of um best qualities of this team, yeah. The, I mean that massive strength, isn't it, of the club? Yeah, yeah. You know, when he, even this season there's been everybody sees the the twenty five points clear at the top of the table and think it thinks it's been a straightforward season, but you've lost Allison for two months in the first game of the season, you lose yeah. Fabinho for two months um you
2: know,
0: There's been all sorts of sort of you know, all the travelling that they had, that they they've had to do to all the different places, that they're yeah. tired and you know, so I mean you'd like to think that they'd be that they'd be able to I mean you know, hopefully it doesn't come to this, but you'd like to think you you would hope that they'd be able to go again. But it is a really interesting point as to whether or not they could could cope with that extra setback,
2: yeah, and, and build themselves back up to to what would be uh, an absolute hammer blow to them, wouldn't it, um, if that was to happen? But it ties in nicely with the next question that I was going to ask you, Paul. So, so for example, say they we get this virus out the way with, and we start the season. For example, I don't know, end of June, finishing in August or whatever how long do you think it's going to take the these premier league players to to get back in into playing this high intensity football how how much of a a period beforehand that they start playing again are, are these players going to need to to get back up to speed again do you think
0: well i think from speaking to a couple of the clubs say 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 for example the april the 30th sort of date line was adhered to and football got back up and running by then I think yeah, um, a couple, a few of the clubs were planning on getting the would be planning on getting the players in by it, April the thirteenth at the latest. So that basically gives them, bearing in mind that they've not had too long time out. It's two weeks now at the, at the moment. It'd be mm. just just over three weeks by the time uh, that April the thirteenth date came around. So I think you're probably looking at you know two to three weeks in the in the short term to get back up to speed because they've not lost too much because they're all doing their exas the the personal training plans at home. I think Liverpool are starting yeah. group workouts again on uh, next week uh, with with so they're stepping up again a little bit. Um, the worry would be then if it goes on for a lot longer then do you have to then play a sort of matches to get the players up to speed? It's like a mini preseason again, isn't it? Then, if, if we're talking about months before the games are any games are played, so you know that's that has to be factored into the any restart date as well because you're gonna have to have know a month in advance basically that okay, the league starts up again on. September the 1st so you're going to have to have all your players back in by the end of the end of July so they can go through a mini pre-season again and you know that that's just a, another complication of all the planning that's that's going to have to take place and then you've got you know the virus isn't going to have gone completely by then so what happens if then somebody takes ill again and then you have to go into self-isolation again as a group it's it, you know, it
2: is, No, mm. you know,
0: it's in them unprecedented times isn't it an unprecedented city. hey imagine if all your frustrations about advertising your business could be solved right now you should know that podcast listeners are more engaged in higher converting than any other advertising medium so try ad hub today and reap the rewards of Spreaker's self-advertising platform it makes it as effortless as ever to be heard by thousands regardless of the listening app they use visit spreaker.com forward slash adhub that's spreake rcom com forward slash adhub and start using your advertising dollars in an impactful way
2: it is and it, it, it's all very very complicated isn't it and, and I say it's gonna be very very interesting to see what happens um, towards the end of of this season but another one I'd like to put to you Jay um, is the there's been the there's been the suggestion that the, the games could possibly be, be played behind closed doors obviously you're a season ticket holder, you go to, to all the games at, at Anfield. Is this a, a scenario that uh, you'd be happy with, obviously, with the fact that Liverpool would go on to win the title, but there'd, there'd be no fans around to, to see that happen? What What's what's your point of view on that, please, Jay?
1: Well, look, the, the be-all and end-all for me is is Liverpool winning this Premier League title because it's been such a long time. But, of course, it'll be a bit of a sucker punch, wouldn't it, Ah. You know, we won't actually be there at the moment. That that winning goal that like, clinches it for us or you know, the day that we were, were set to get the trophy at home it, last home game of the season against Chelsea, you know, the parade around the city centre. I mean, the scenes were unbelievable when I got back from Madrid and got straight into town and it was fantastic. You know what I mean? Last June when we won the European Cup and make no mistake, winning this Premier League title was gonna be even bigger than that. It would have been absolutely huge Um, But like I say, whatever it takes, because, you know, if it means Liverpool do still get to become champions, then if it has to be behind closed doors with no fans there, then so be it. I mean, I don't know how they're going to work around it. I mean, it's it's an awful situation and there's so many things that need to be resolved. But if that's one of the options, and and I have... I've read a few people saying that that's probably the most likely outcome if games are to be resumed and the season is to be played out to a finish, then they probably will be behind closed doors. Now, look, it, it's not great. It's not ideal, is it? I mean, you know, football, as they say, the, as the saying goes, football's nothing without fans and it's probably true to an extent, but, you know, it's unprecedented circumstances. It, it's It's the unknown, isn't it? No one's ever been in this position, this predicament. No one really knows what way it's going to go. But if it means the games are completed, the seasons are completed, and Liverpool still go on to be champions, then I'm all for it. I mean, you know, beggars can't be choosers, can they? And if the alternative is that they're going to null and void the season and Liverpool don't become champions, then of course we have to accept what we're given in terms of whatever crumb of comfort it is, if we can't be there to celebrate the winning goal or we can't be there to to see them Jordan Henderson, do his little shuffle and, you know, lift that trophy aloft, then so be it. Whatever we can we can take, we have to have it. Do you know what I mean? We have to accept what we're given really. And, you know, hopefully in time we it'll become a little bit more clearer. But like I say, the, this meeting that's going to take place next week, mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to get definitive answers, but it's just going to be buying time, really, going to stall for more time, and probably delay it a little bit longer. And you know, we're, we're in the lap of the gods, aren't we? In terms of this virus, depends how how much it escalates out of control, really. And and like I say, this is the fear: the longer it goes on and drags on for, no matter what anybody says, you know that the fear is going to be there. That there is a potential for them to just void it, and. It will be heartbreaking, and, and like I say, I don't know how we recover from it. I really do think I'll struggle with it all because I, I get too emotionally uh, involved in it, and I know I do, and I'm not the only one. I know there's plenty of people in a similar predicament to myself, but I, I just don't know how I would recover from it. It's, I, I've waited such a long time for this moment, as of uh, other Liverpool fans, and, and to be robbed of this moment would, would crucify me, it really would. And, People might say that that's a bit extreme, but that's just how I'd feel about it. I genuinely would. It's no knee-jerk reaction. You know, I've I've seen the highs and lows of Liverpool, but this would be really difficult to accept. And that's why, surely to God, further down the line, sensibility has got to prevail. And they have to complete this season.
2: Yeah, most definitely, Jay. And fingers crossed that's that's the way it's going to go. So, yeah, we, we've we covered the the majority of the... Of the the facts regarding the, the the ending of the Premier League season and and the suggestions about how that could happen and and things like that. So we're just going to move on to uh, just a couple of the, the transfer room as well. We've got Paul with us. Obviously, he's uh, he's a he's a man who knows a lot more than than us. So just like to get your thoughts, um, Paul, on the on the transfer room is. Garden Liverpool and you've got the one of Timo Werner who's who's got this release clause with um, with RB Leipzig in, in Germany and he's been linked heavily with the move, hasn't he? He's he's even been out there himself in, in interviews to say how much he admires Liverpool and, and Jürgen Klopp. Um so is is this a, a transfer that you see um happening this summer um for Liverpool?
0: Um I think it's difficult really because I think it's let me think <laughs> I think it's difficult with when we're talking about the likes of Werner and, and, and Sancho. Um I think Liverpool's front three are so are still so good, so key to the team, that I'm not sure Werner comes in and plays. So I'm not sure that Liverpool um, pay the money for him, even though you know the release clause obviously makes him attractive. Um, listen, as, as regards transfers, I think everything's... Up in the air a little bit now as well because of because of what's been happening, um, the
2: virus and everything. Yeah,
0: nobody knows when the transfer window is gonna. Um, yeah, that's
2: true. Yeah, open again.
0: Nobody knows when it's going to open. If it's going to open, um, mm. if you're trying to sign a a a, a player from Spain. This, this summer or Italy this summer is that going to even be possible with the way things are over there? So, listen. Obviously, everybody's seen seen a, a lot of names get get linked with Liverpool all the time, and I'm just not. Whatever to say now, people take, probably take the wrong way, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm not one hundred percent sure. So, I'm not saying that they won't sign him. I'm just saying, or that they will, I'm just saying, I, I see it difficult for Werner to come into the team and play each week. So, is he going to want to do, is he going to want to make that move even if it's an option to him? Yeah, it, like- it's just a very, I, I just don't think, listen, I'm not, I, I don't know any more than, than I'm, I'm saying here. I just think it, it, I just think it's a very complicated situation this summer Even before this all happened with the coronavirus Because primarily it's a complicated situation Because Liverpool are so good And improving the Liverpool team and squad isn't easy You can look at other positions And and maybe if Adrian was to get uh, um, a move back to to Spain or whatever, yeah yeah on what he's done this season you know i think he i think he he's done really well up until the last you know couple of games and there was there was the obvious mistakes if he was to get an offer then i don't think the club would probably stand in his way and then then you know go out get another number 2 but even if you get another number 2 there's going to be a huge drop off from that to Allison, because alisson's quite clearly the best goalkeeper in the world as the as the full package. Yeah. I think they'll probably try and get cover for left back, but it won't just be a, another left back who, who doesn't play if Robertson's playing. I think it would be somebody who's maybe left sided and can play in a in a couple of positions on that. More flank, of a utility so, player, but, yeah. Yeah, play left midfield or or left back if Robertson was injured, but
2: um, or even possibly left centre half, something like left,
0: that. Yeah, left centre half or le- yeah, exactly. So I don't think he'll just want to buy a a a a left back per se, and that's the only position that he can play. The forwards, right. I mean, you know, I'd be surprised if if they were in for Sancho at the level of money that's been. Mentioned. I mean, I saw in the paper, one of the papers this week was saying 130 million. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think. I think they could. They can obviously afford to do that, but it would be be moving away from the model a little bit. Um, that's got them this this. Um, you know, successful so far over recent seasons. So. I think. The one thing that that you know for that the Minamino deal showed, the fact that they had that done in sort of mid-December. So that he arrives on he was even training with the squad before the transfer window opened, then his deals ratified on, on January the first. Yeah. Liverpool will Liverpool are very well organised and they'll they'll have everything Probably already worked out, and so they'll be able to react to whatever happens with the transfer window this summer. Um, what, if it stays the same, if it's moved, restrictions on it, whatever. But I just think improving that that squad is is easier said than done, and I know all, all the names that we hear. Uh, like Ferran T- Torres was one this morning, wasn't it? The Valencia winger. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think there's an interest in him because I think there's talk of sort of how does Curtis Jones step up next season? Does he need a low move? Is he ready for the first team to to, to come in and, and play X amount of or be involved in the squad each week? Same with Harvey Elliott. Uh, the, the last conversation I had was that they were more likely to sort of keep him involved in, rather than sending him out on loan. Um, so to bring in a twenty-year-old from Spain, I'm, I'm not really—I don't really see that one at the moment because there's a lot of faith, I think, from Liverpool and some of their youngsters at the moment. So I think the transfer window is going to be. really difficult to see how it play how it plays out because the uncertainty of everything else in football will impact on that as well um so I think the links all the links will obviously continue but I'm just I don't know I'll be a to see like everyone else on on what they end up doing and whether they go for the the players that we've that we've seen the club link with for so long now.
2: Yeah, cheers, Paul, for your for your insight there onto the into the transfer window should I say for, for Liverpool. But just going back over to Jay, obviously we have spoken on previous podcasts, haven't we Jay, about the, the Werner and Sancho situation. So what Paul's saying there uh, pretty much toes in line with, with your point of view, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, I I mean, I was led to believe last summer Liverpool were really keen on Sancho, but once they knew it was going to be over 80 million pounds, something astronomical like that, then it sort of like scared us off a little bit. And, you know, don't forget he's only just turned 20. And I think the designs are, I mean, Klopp really does like him from what I'm led to believe, but the problem is his transfer fee is astronomical, isn't it? It's off the scale, really, and it's escalated now out of control. If you're talking. Well, over a hundred million, even a hundred and twenty million, Liverpool just simply aren't going to do that unless they sell one of Mane or Salah. And, and let's be brutally honest about it. As good as Sancho is, and as much as I'd love him at the club, I just I would prefer to keep what we've got because you know it's the unknown in it. You could spend that type of money on Sancho. And he could, he could be a flop, couldn't he? You just never know, do you know what I mean? It's highly unlikely he would be because he's fantastic. We all know that his he stats are, are superb, aren't he? In the Bundesliga for Dortmund. But I just think really stick to what you know. And if Sadio Mane and Mo Salah are still happy to remain at Liverpool for another few seasons, then you know just just keep to what we've got because our front three is basically special. It's second to none. You, know, you wouldn't swap them, would you, at all? So... You know, it is stick what you've got. But I said to you, didn't I? And I've said it on numerous podcasts that I've never really been convinced by Werner whenever I've seen him play. I just think he, yeah, he scores a few goals, especially this season. He scored a lot, but he misses a lot of chances. And to me, I I, I just don't think he's good enough for Liverpool. I genuinely don't. And, you know, look, if Liverpool do sign him for 40, 50 million, whatever his release clause is, then. You get behind them, no matter what. You give them a chance, and he might be good for us. But I, I've, I'm yet to be convinced. Every time I've seen him play, he just he just doesn't really do it for me. It's my own personal gut feeling on him, and, and I'm sure there's plenty of Liverpool fans out there who disagree with me. But you know, as you know, Peter, I'm a stick to me. My my opinion is my opinion, and I don't follow the sheep, do I? And to me, mm-hmm. I just don't think he's good enough for Liverpool. I'm not saying I think he's a bad player. I've just yet to be convinced. Whenever I've watched them, and you know, admittedly, I've probably only seen him what twelve, fifteen times, and half of them were for Germany, and he seems to, he struggled every time I watched them for Germany. But for me, I just don't. I just think he's a little bit erratic for me, and he misses a hell of a lot of chances, and and I just don't think he's good enough for Liverpool. So if Liverpool don't sign him, it, you know, I won't lose any sleep over it. If Liverpool do sign him, then fair enough, you know. I'd get behind the way I'd get behind any player but I wouldn't be too bothered if Liverpool don't sign I? I really wouldn't Sancho yeah I'd love Liverpool to get him, but the money that we're talking it is just off the scale now and like I say regardless of this new night deal that we're getting and people saying oh we'll, they'll want a superstar sign and I'm sorry like, but I think the only way it's going to happen is if we sold one of Mane or Salah and if we're being brutally honest we'd rather keep both of them wouldn't we? yeah I,
0: I agree i agree with a lot of what Jay said about the vacancy would have to be created by one of the current players going yeah. um the other factor to 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 consider as well if you're signing a player for over 100 million pounds it's the wage implications not just of signing that player but the wage implications of everybody else in the squad who've just won a european cup in a 25 uh, points clear at the top of the the Premier League and have, have contributed to what has made Liverpool such a special team this this past sort of two years. You know, it's not it's not just the new man coming in on two hundred fifty thousand pounds a week that that then has implications on um, the renewal of contracts um, with existing players, and I think Liverpool have been very. Uh, I've put a lot of money already in, in, in keeping the, the, the nucleus of the squad mm-hmm. together until sort of 2023 and and obviously that's been a factor in, in Jürgen re resigning on his contract as well I mean all, all the team oh sorry, Liverpool are in a position that they can decide when the, play, when the best players leave now whereas Previously, there was always that, that little doubt that the players held. It was the players who were leading the club, not the other way around. But I think Liverpool, from a contract position, are in a really healthy healthy place. Just think if you're signing somebody for world record or, or one of the biggest transfer fees in the world, that then has a lot of knock-on effects for other players at the club as well. It's not just the outlay on the transfer fee, the outlay on the wages of that player.
2: Yeah, there's there's many um, things to factor into a to a signing like a Sancho or or, or a Werner, isn't it? Not, like you say, it's not just the transfer fee, it's the signing on fee, wages and bonuses and it, all things like that, which which are then have, has a knock-on effect into the other members of the squad. But just before we go, Paul, um, just ask, yeah. like to ask you another question, just uh, about. The The outgoings For Liverpool in the summer Obviously Dejan Lovren's been linked with a move away Hasn't he and Jadon Shakiri Of late surprisingly enough to, to one or two people Naby keita has been linked with a move back To, to the Bundesliga um, So how many outgoings Obviously Adam Lallana's another one who's, who's going to be out of contract So um, yeah. given, given these sort of players Being linked away How many of them do you see actually moving on this summer?
0: Yeah, I think the names that you, that you mentioned are the, are the sort of the clear candidates to, to be move, moving on. I think it's just on the the interest. I think we were in the situation last summer with Dejan Lovren and there was sort of Roma dipped the toe in the water and then wanted him on loan and um, with maybe no obligation to buy and there was a bit of messing about from agents and we've seen that one of the Another one of sort of the strengths of Michael Edwards, the sporting director, has has been his ability to um, maximize outgoing deals um,
2: oh, yeah.
0: in a way that, which is really probably the another reason why Liverpool are, Liverpool's transfer dealings are envied in the Premier League. I mean, it's not just the success. I mean, they've hardly made a mistake with the players since since Jurgen Klopp came in. But on top of that, it's the way that they've maximised deals for sort of Benteke, Sancho, um, Solanke. I mean, you'll be able to. That's just off the top of my head. You'll, you'll, you, there'll be better. There'll be more examples than that. So I, 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 don't. So I think Liverpool won't be taken aren't won't be taken for mugs in, in the in the as regards outgoing are concerned I think there'll be obviously players who, who may be wanting to, to move on for more playing time um, Shaqiri being the obvious one this season has just been sort of decimated by injury hasn't it um, yeah. I, would be surprised, I would be surprised personally if Kater left because I just don't see the faith that, that Klopp and the club showed in the player I just don't think that 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 gets thrown away after two sort of or one and a bit seasons as it stands. I think it going into next year would be an important, really important year for him because he needs to show that he can handle the the physicality of English football better than he has done so far. Um but I'd be surprised I would be surprised personally if the if the um if the ditched him but then again, I suppose it all depends on on what the size of the offer, on what the size of the offer is from, on, from from any interested clubs. Because I think they probably will be. They work that that far in advance now on transfers that I think they will be looking at central midfielders in um, in detail. Because there's also the Wijnaldum contract situation, which at the moment. Doesn't look like it's getting resolved. Um, he's he, well, he, he'll have one year left from this summer. Um, you know, what does he do with that? Are the club going to let that get get into another sort of Emre chance situation where he just runs it runs it down, and they're happy to let him run it down because while he's here, he's an important member of the the squad and. You know they're happy to or, or the team and, and they're happy to keep him. But I'd imagine in 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 uh, anticipation of maybe that scenario, they'll already be looking at a number of central midfielders and and over the the coming months and months be refined in that sort of process in case something untoward comes up. I mean, you could get an offer from for. Winaldum that makes you have to look at it with one year left. So Liverpool will have candidates in mind. Well, if if that is triggered by that, then we'll go there. So yeah, I think then you know, a could be another one. I mean, is he yeah, has he played enough football this season to keep him happy? Is it really gonna change next season? Um, we talked then about players who the club's been linked with, are they good enough to get into the to, to get past this front front three? You know, will Origi be happy being a sort of bit part player or is it time for him to sort of you know, spread his wings a little bit and and stand on his own two feet a little bit more? I mean, you know and again it's it's all dependent on what happens over the next few months with the season and when the when the transfer window kicks in, um, Klein will probably leave. well. Klein will leave because he's out of contract, and Chiravella's out of contract. He'll go. Um, I think they offered him a new deal, but probably quite rightly, he wants to play uh, more regularly because I thought he, he, he did well in the game, in the first team games in which he played this season. So,
2: yeah, he impressed, didn't he? Uh, yeah, I think he. I
0: think he. You know, he's at an age now where he he needs to probably
2: play regularly as well each week um, so yeah I think There's just one more in the chat room there from Sebastian uh, yeah. Tino he, he wants to ask about um, I know he says he thinks that Harry Wilson will also be uh, another player to leave uh, in the yeah. summer which yeah, seems likely doesn't it with um, with the yeah, situation he's in
0: come, Yeah I think that all comes down to the the, the the price as well. I think when you've had a year on loan at Derby and done very well, and then a year in the Premier League and scored, you know, some important goals for, for Bournemouth. I think it's very difficult to then come back and fall in line in that Liverpool squad because when everybody's fit, there's experienced senior players not getting on the the um bench So for him, it probably is a career move. It would be a good time to to leave, and you know, you won't you won't be surprised if Michael Edwards got a very good deal for him. I mean, one player that we've not mentioned in terms of you know really next season is you'd expect Minamino to to sort of kick on, um, you know, next season and, and play more more of a role than than what we've seen him. Than what he's been able to so place for, yeah. for various reasons. So I sort of forget about him a little bit, that he's sort of coming mid season, he'll be, probably be better for all the the sort of acclimatising that he's doing now. And um so I'm sure that you know Klopper will have a big role for
2: for him within the squad next season. Most definitely, yeah. Rice. Okay then, lads. Um, we'll we'll wrap up the podcast there on the, on that last question. So uh, just before we we go, just like to say a big thanks to the at LFC Trippers, Gavin, all the lads over there for editing our podcast, putting us out live as they have done t- tonight. Also a big thanks to the at Liverpool Online Facebook, Instagram, Twitter page. You put out all our podcasts on their their platform for people who follow our podcast on a weekly basis. They'll know that we are big supporters of the No More Knives campaign in Liverpool and the Merseyside area with Paul Bentley and Lee Butler and all the people over there who are doing some fantastic things in the, in trying to eradicate the, the situation with the knife crime in our area. So keep on supporting the No More Knives campaign if you would as well for us, please. So, yeah, thanks very much, Paul, and thanks very much, Jay, for your time tonight, lads. No problem. No problem speak soon. No problem, boys. Good to speak to you, Paul.
0: Yeah, and you take care. Look after everyone.
2: Yeah, stay safe, lads. And cheers. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Thanks everybody. And uh, yeah, we will we will be back with a, with a, another podcast. I'm sure me and Jay will be, be doing one again in the next week or so and um hopefully we'll have more more things to talk about. But yeah everybody who's listening to the podcast who's joined in tonight stay safe um look after yourselves look after your families and um, we'll speak to you all very soon thanks very much for listening and cheering everybody uh speak to you all soon bye now this message is sponsored by amazon
1: i want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies making sunday dinner with a house full of family and lots of laugh. laughs covid19 has changed how we live and how we feel but now there are vaccines It's okay to have questions. Now get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccines.
2: It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Sports Social Podcast Network.